All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josh Bales, one of the pastors at The Well Boise. With me today, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Spring Reformed Church. How can you, I mean, are you, do you get flack for like hanging out with me? You don't uh, have to answer that. That's okay. <laughs> on, on air? No. No, no. Not, not on the air. De- definitely not. I In mean, other go, places, maybe. No, we, we go back a long ways. I mean, we've, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we long before the radio station, we've been uh, acquaintances and friends. And so, no, no flack there. Okay, good. <laughs> on the show today. Uh, yeah, the question could be reversed. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, on the show today, we have two more special guests, although you're sitting in Russ's seat, so I feel a little bit of animosity towards you today. Uh, that's Ben Rao, pastoral intern at The Well. Glad you're here. Yeah, well, I was glad I was here. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another pastor at The Well. We're like taking over. This is kind of scary. Yeah, this is outnumbered. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. Paul, Paul Luer, also one of the pastors. Well. Glad you're here today, brother. Love you, brothers. Okay, so yesterday um, we talked a little bit about – so we've been talking about Christian education. Uh, this is the sixth episode um, in dealing with thinking about um, how God thinks about education. T- too much to review here, but just know – just go subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. You can catch it all. It's mid-July. Um, next month, parents are going to be sending their kids back to school, and they need to think about what the Bible says about education. That's kind of what we've covered thus far. I want to read a quote to you. Uh, Jonathan, you'll be familiar with this guy. This is A.A. A. Hodge. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the great Princetonians before Princeton went uh, liberal. Uh, he said this in 1890. So Princeton at this time would have been a fortress of Christian orthodoxy. So you had his father, Charles Hodge, you had B.B. Uh, Warfield, you had J. Gresham Manchin, you had Gerhardus Voss. Uh, I mean, these were the giants of, of. Uh, I mean, they're they're like, uh, you know, the R.C. Sproles back in the day, right? Or, uh, the, Sin- uh, yes, or sure. the Sinclair Fergusons, right? So this is what A.A. Hodge said about um a state-controlled education back in 1890. He said this, quote, I am as sure as I am of the fact of Christ's reign that a comprehensive and centralized system of national education separated from religion, as is now commonly proposed, will prove the most appalling enginery for the propagation of anti-Christian and atheistic unbelief and of anti-social nihilistic ethics individual, social, and political, which this sin-rent world has ever seen. Uh, Now, he just said that, uh, what, three generations ago Hmm. uh, in 1890. Hmm. Um, Now, I would say in one sense he was prophetic, but in another sense he just did the theological math. If you suck God out of education, then what do you end up doing? You end up teaching uh, a, a, an education system that is anti-worship, anti-Bible, um, and that's exactly well, well, what you we're just at today. pointed out. You know, this was Princeton in the past, and there's just a, several generations in between 
uh, you know, which is which reminds you of the importance of uh, each successive generation. We're to pass on faithfully what we've received. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the problem in the book of Judges when you read Judges uh, in the pro- prologue to that. You know, there was after the generation was gathered to their fathers. That means after they died, there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that He had done for Israel. Yeah. And this is the problem that you know we we've talked about it in terms of catechizing our children but it's but it goes just beyond just um, helping them memorize a few verses it's uh, you know teaching them um, you know about God and his way and yeah. um, you know everything about him you know we've we, you know if you look at our past um, radio programs or listen to them you, you'll get some of those foundations but this is this is why uh, this is the obstacle we can't the obstacle to Christian education is is uh, you know what takes place oftentimes in the, their own family. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's because it. because you can send your your kid to a Princeton, which yeah. was a uh, you know to study for the ministry, yeah. and he comes out without that. That's a good point, brother. Like um, I know that you're you're a faithful preacher of the gospel, and you exposit the text Sunday by Sunday. But if you have a family in your church who is going home and then living uh, like as practical atheists the other six days a week, you're going to have, I mean, yeah, you only have, you have, for, you have very little effect yeah, on their yeah, children. Yeah, if, if, you, if, if they've made it to 52 Sundays, you've only had 52 hours out of, out of the year with them. That's right. So, um, so, that's, so we're asking the question, what are the obstacles of, of Christian education? You mentioned one of them. Like, well, what are you doing in the home? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other obstacles to Christian education? Of course, I, I mean, maybe to set our terms, so this would be ho- homeschooling in a Christian way or sending your kids to a, a private Christian school. What are some obstacles to that? Well, when we homeschooled, you know, the obstacle to education was too many field trips. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to the local Baskin Robbins, or yeah, yeah. to the wherever, yeah, wherever. <laughs> well, it's less education than yeah. Um, the uh, I think the probably the the biggest obstacle. I think there are many parents out there who actually have a a desire on some level, but I think the elephant in the room is the financial um, the financial barriers. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's just the reality of, of many parents today is they just can't see how, how to do it. Now within those parents who sit down and say, I just don't see how we can make this happen. I think there are probably two categories. There's a set of parents who legitimately can't make that happen given, given their current circumstances. And then there are others who are just simply unwilling to make the kind of sacrifices necessary uh, to make it happen. Uh, but at this point, I just want to point, I, I didn't know this for the longest time. And then I went off to, to school in Grand Rapids and encountered a very strange, uh, you know, sub-community or a, a community that actually has been doing this for generations. And that is, is they don't have any of their, their members, um, any of their children fall through the cracks, not one. So there are denominations here in the United States who've actually been doing this, again, for well over 100 years. Um, if you're a member uh, of their church and you, uh, you, you don't have the means 
uh, the community has valued that to the point where uh, they 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 make it happen. I've, I've pastored in and out of um, you know churches. You know, you know, I pastored where there's uh, more will than wallet, and uh, you know that seems to be the case for m- most of uh, the American churches. We we have a, a greater desire than the things that we can accomplish. You know, with our own finances. Um, I've pastored in a church where uh, every member's child. Um, was sent to Christian school and supported by the church where uh, the church itself actually paid for the education of those children in a Christian uh, environment. So, I mean, that's that's great. But, uh, you know, when we're faced with reality, you know, for the most part, you know, it's it will be about sacrifice, like you say, Paul. Um, you know, I taught in a Christian school, and you could tell the, it, you could tell which grandparents were sending their grandchildren to school. You could tell which parents were driving up in the in the car that uh, you know might not make it another week, but they were sacrificing to send their children there. Um, but it, you know, I, again, I go back. It doesn't end there. You know, the kids can go to Christian school, but uh, it's going to have to go back to the home. And uh, I think that you know, for parents that are facing uh, situations where they they can't send their kids to Christian school, um, you know, I think that the first thing that you do is you commit things to prayer. I mean, Amen. we've we've had yes. we've had. Uh, you know, we raised our kids. They, you know, they've been homeschooled, they've been public schooled, they've been Christian schooled, depending on where we were and the environment we were in, and and that. But you know, whenever they went to Christian school, the first thing that the you know from year to year, you know, you get out of one year that summer, you were praying about who was going to be assigned their teacher, and uh, and you know, very often, you know, we were pleasantly surprised. And when we weren't, when they. That was an occasion in which we could help our children through that process. Yeah. Um, yep. So, but but uh, you know, you know, a good number of times, you know, they had a believing teacher who was who felt the call to minister to a community and educate. Yeah, I think what you said is is so vital. Like the first thing we need to do is commit ourselves to prayer. Because if somebody looks at their means and says, well, I, I can't, I don't have the means to send my kids. Or if or if uh, the, the mother is particularly ill-equipped to homeschool, which is a mm-hmm. which is a, the other option, right? They they don't even take it to the Lord first. Like one of our grave mistakes is that uh, like Joshua with the Gibeonites, uh, they entered he entered into covenant with them before he prayed, and it ended up being a thorn in Israel's side. And so the first thing I, I agree, we we need to pray, and and we need to be willing to take a, a close look at. Um, what our values are. Cotton Mather, one of the Puritans, said this when he admonished his congregation. He said, look, if your main concern be to get the riches of this world for your children and leave a belly full of world unto them, it looks very suspiciously as if you were yourselves the people of this world whose portion is only in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if it comes down to, oh, should I get that you know, second vacation home or should I get that, you know, that boat or if I should do this or if I should do that on one side of the scale versus uh, making sure my kids have a Christian education regardless of what the form it Mm -hmm. takes, you know, private school or homeschooling, and you're unwilling to make that sacrifice, that, that, that's questionable. Uh, um, 
if you're not examining yourself before the Lord, I don't think you have the right priorities for eternity. Uh, ben, you have a story about, I mean, we, we have just a couple minutes left, uh, so you have to make it quick, but you made some huge life changes. We did, we did, and um, it was it was very much, if, if I could sum it up in, in a sentence, um, it would be that we were we were led to to believe and to know um, that this world is God's. It belongs to Him. Um, he gets to decide how we should live, how, how we should educate our children, and we very much were brought under the conviction that the the state school in England was lying about God and lying about His stuff, and so and 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 we. That was the crisis. We 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 couldn't carry on like that in good conscience. We couldn't carry on sending our children to school only to have to undo pretty much everything that they were coming back having remembered, which wasn't a huge amount, but but you know it was enough to be to be damaging. Um, mm-hmm. And and so so just coming back to to one of the barriers um, that that we came across sort of personally was was this idea uh, i think coming from the wider church that your children ought to be salt and light so send them, send them to um send them to state schools ev- mm. evangelistically um never mind <laughs> never mind that they're they're not equipped um they haven't been trained they are the youngest most vulnerable components of your family send them off to school right <laughs> make make them salt and light and um Put put the recruits on the front line. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and we we just couldn't. Yeah. Um, but positively, God has been very faithful. We were we very much felt like we were not equipped to homeschool our kids. Um, neither of us have degrees. Um, neither of us have background in education. Um, but God has provided uh, in many ways. Amen. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 